0: Well, good to see everybody here. Welcome to our guests. Really glad that you uh, you joined us. You might look around though and you think, oh, all these people got their lives together and they're just looking down on me and uh, they, they they want to take advantage of me. So you're, you're kind of suspicious, kind of skeptical. That's okay, we get that. But I'm just saying, stick around long enough, you'll find out that we want something for you, not something from you. Okay, we want for you what God has done for us. And in the past couple of weeks, we've been in this series about investing my life wisely. And we've been talking about the idea that um, God has entrusted us with not just finances to invest, but everything, you know, our, our time, our talents, all these resources, our whole lives belong to him. And we're the managers, we're the stewards, who are supposed to manage it in accordance with his will. And so we talked about investing in things that matter and investing in things that appreciate in value. And if you miss those first two talks, you can go online, watch them there or download the podcast but today is our final talk about investing in things that last. You know, making sure that we're, we're planning ahead for the future. Maybe you've been doing that diligently, setting aside money for your future retirement and uh, putting money in that 401k, your IRA, your TSA, your pension plan. That, that's all good things. That's very wise. Some of you, though, maybe have not gotten around yet to thinking about your future and retirement. And, but regardless, it, it really doesn't make much difference if you're not thinking beyond your retirement. You know, if all you're doing is laying aside money for your future here on this earth, and that's a pretty poor investment because there's a lot more to come. And the question is, have you invested anything that has eternal value, that's going to last beyond this world? You you might need to take advantage of it sooner than you think, right? You never know when you're going to have to cash in, right? When when you're going to have to leave this earth behind. And what a tragedy it would be to have only Resources set aside for retirement in old age and not have anything to look forward to in the age to come. That's, that's the time that you really needed. So, look, it doesn't matter how savvy your financial planner is because they don't know the future. They can never give you great insight, a complete insight into how to plan for the future because nobody knows what it is except for one. And the one who has been there, who's been in the next world, he's there right now. We better stop and listen to the one and only expert, Jesus Christ, who has expertise in what's eternal. He's the only one we can turn to for that. So here we are, we're gonna look at a couple of stories today, and the first one that he tells is one about a man who is a pretty good, successful businessman, but he is not a very good manager because he thinks that everything he has he owns and he's in control of it and that his future security rests in his hands. And we're going to find out that this man is actually a fool because he's not managing it as one whose things belong to somebody else, right? That it really all belongs to God. And the incident that provokes this story is really kind of of weird. It's really inappropriate, I think because Jesus is teaching a crowd of people and some guy calls out to him, From the crowd in Luke chapter 12, verse 13, it says, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. (laughs) Really? He's teaching these deep spiritual truths to say, Hey, make my brother give me my money. And some of you have been there, right? That gets nasty, those family situations where, um, you know, funerals can bring out the worst, where you're saying, You know, dad would have wanted me to have that. No, you have the bedroom suit, I'll take the the dining room suit. Yeah. And Jesus refuses to be an arbiter in that whole mess, and instead he goes right to the heart of the matter. And he says, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable, this story. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. and He thought to himself, what do I do? I have no place to store my crops. I mean, that's a good problem, isn't it? Got so much stuff, don't know what to do with it. Well, then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I'll store my surplus grains. Say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So again, this guy is pretty uh, successful at managing his finances. He gets to the point now where he's able to uh, just take it easy, right? I mean, he's, he's... He's achieved the dream. He's able to kick back and not have to work another day in his life. He's all set up, but, of course, he he forgot about something, that there's more to this life than this life. And, look, working hard is a good thing. It's commended in Scripture. And even enjoying the fruits of your labor is spoken in, in a positive way. And certainly planning wisely for your future is a good thing as well. But there's more to it than that because we, we're reminded that, all we have belongs to God, and life is very short. And so what we have is supposed to be managed according to his will. All the good things in our hands are to be managed according to his plans. And so this guy, even though he seems successful from the world's point of view, God has a very different opinion of his management skills. And it says in verse, it goes on in these next few verses, God says to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you then who will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not what? Rich toward God. He was tragically missing the whole point of the prosperity. All the money and possessions that that he had accumulated had become his God's. Because he had not considered the things that were really of value, the uh, things of eternal value, especially his own soul. And so God calls him to give an account for what you've done with with all the things I entrusted to you. And what happens is we get deceived by all the, the stuff of this earth. And it makes us forget how short life really is and how long eternity really is. So he's rich in every way except the only way that mattered. He wasn't rich toward God. And so you remember Jesus in another place. He talks about how hard it is for the rich to get into heaven. You know, he says it's, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of an needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Why is that? Well, it's because the riches are deceptive. It's that desire that I want to have more stuff in this world that ends up making us put our trust in the things of this world. It, it, it becomes this selfish, greedy pursuit of worldly wealth and not putting aside anything for the life to come. It's such a trap, this love of money. It becomes a root of evil in our lives. So many evils. How foolish it is to be so concerned with the investments of this world that we've made no investments for the world to come. And look, it really doesn't have to do with the amount of money. The issue isn't about how great your pension plan is. It's about where is your trust? Where's your trust for the things not only of today, but of tomorrow? And I love what financial expert Dave Ramsey says. Look, he says biblical stewardship is handling God's blessings in God's way for God's glory. I think he's right. We want to handle what God's given us according to his way, which means biblical principles about living within our means and living frugally on a budget, spending and saving wisely, investing prudently, staying out of the slavery of excessive debt so that we can be more generous. And no, that's not necessarily gonna make us rich in this world, but it's gonna make us financially stable and ultimately successful. Because that, what, what kind of wealthy do you really wanna be? I mean, if I were to ask you right now, are you wealthy? Pretty much guaranteed nearly all of us would say, "No, who, me? No, I'm not wealthy. I, I don't have any barns. I barely have a tool shed. Are you kidding? No, I'm not wealthy. Why, why do we do that? How can we say that? Well, it's because we're always comparing ourselves to people who have more than us. That's the only measure for us. Who has more? But look, if you were to compare yourself to that rich fool back in Jesus' day, you would be way ahead of the game. Compare your standard of living to the richest person 2,000 years ago. Yours is way higher. I mean, just compare your standard of living to your great grandparents. Are you wealthy? Compare it to, to so many, maybe most of the people around the world today who look at us with eyes of longing and envy. Are you kidding me? Who's really wealthy? If you never get another barn in your life, you've already been far blessed beyond what you deserve. Barns are great, but people are greater still. They're the only thing that's going to last. That's what God cares about. That's what God loves. That's what God gave his, his son for. And so all these things that he gives us, these blessings, resources, time, talents, abilities, opportunities, what are they be used for? Ultimately, it's not about investing them in things, but in people. I mean, what if you heard those words for yourself, that this very night, your life will be demanded of you. This is it. Are you ready to give an account of what you've done with God's blessed you with? What are you doing with his resources? Because if your plans for the future focus solely on yourself and not on God and others, you've made a really poor investment. The question is, am I rich toward God? And that's our big idea is to be rich toward God by investing in souls. Because that's the only thing that's going to last. Only God and people. That's it. And so Jesus goes on to tell another story in Luke about a business manager who is not very ethical, but he's very shrewd. In fact, he, he works for this rich man. The business owner uh, has put him in charge of his possessions and his property. And turns out... The owner finds out he's not managing his property well. He's, he's wasting his possessions. He's mismanaging his funds. And so he calls him in to give an account. Manager knows that he's toast. He's cooked, that he's going to be fired. So he comes up with this brilliant idea. I'm going I'm to make a sweet deal for myself. I'm going to feather my own nest. He calls in his boss's creditors, these other business owners that owe his boss all this money. He says, tell you what, guys, I'm going to slash what you owe. You're, not, you're only going to owe half as much or even less than that right? Because he's he's setting himself up for the future when he gets fired. These guys are going to owe him one. Somebody's going to take him in, hire him, and and he'll be okay, right? And when the business owner, the rich guy, finds out about it, he goes, I got to hand it to the guy. That's pretty sharp. That's good, because that's the way the world does business, right? By whatever means, behind closed doors, under the table. Ain't right, but it's shrewd. Look, Jesus isn't giving a seminar on business ethics here. That's not the point of the story. But the lesson he's teaching is just as shocking because look at this in verse 9 of Luke 16. In fact, say this out loud, everybody together with me, because this is going to be our memory verse this week. Here we go. Jesus says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Did you hear that? Did you just hear what he said? Are you kidding me? Did he just say, use money to buy friends? I mean, how crass is that? We're supposed to buy off friends? Yeah. Well, no, not exactly. What he's saying is, you have been blessed to be a blessing. Use your blessings to bless others. Because the only thing that's going to last are people, our souls. All that money you've got, it's going to be absolutely worthless on the day you die. You're literally going to cash in. You'll have nothing to take with you. All those possessions you have right now that are so important you work so hard to get, they're all going to wear out, rust out, break down, and rot away. You ain't going to have anything. Can't take it with you. The only thing you can take with you is souls. That's it. Money is not all about acquiring more stuff for yourself. It's about what you can do to help others, to use it for people. Because, look, one day you're going to get fired, too. You're gonna get fired from this world. (laughs) You're gonna be forced out, and then where are you gonna go? What's gonna be waiting for you after that? Is there gonna be anybody in heaven waiting for you to welcome you and saying, hey, thank you so much for using whatever you had to get me here. It's because of you that I'm here, because you used your time and your energy and your efforts and your money to help get me here. Is there gonna be anybody to welcome you like that? Use your money. To make friends while you have the chance, while there's still time before it's too late, send it on ahead of you by investing in people. Now, Jesus keeps going in verses 10 to 12 and says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Right, that's a wise business principle right there. Somebody can't handle a little bit, they can't handle very much at all. Somebody dishonest with very little, they'll also be dishonest with much. You stealing a buck, I'm not gonna trust you with any more than a buck, that's for sure. You can't even handle a dollar. So if you haven't been trustworthy in handling this worldly wealth, who's going to trust you with what? True riches. Whoa, what are those? And if you haven't been trustworthy with somebody else's property, who's going to give you property of your own? Notice that it's not the worldly wealth that's of such value. It's true riches. What are true riches? What are they? They're people. They're souls. The things of God, the stewardship of the gospel, the gifts of the spirit. Everything that we invest in getting people ready for heaven, that's the true riches. So prove faithful with whatever little you've been giving so that you can be trusted with more, with something that really matters, something that's really valuable. Because you're going to stand before God. You're going to give an account. It's coming. Might be today. I don't know. But I do know this, there's going to be at least three questions God's going to ask you. I know There's probably going to be a lot more than that, but I know of at least three he's, he's going to be asking. And the first one is this, what did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? And you know the answer to that, right? You're going to say, well, I've received him into, into my life. I put my trust in him as Savior. He's my Lord. Good answer. Only right answer. That's the only one. So you know that. But look, if you're not able to answer that right now, then I'm going to invite you to make sure you know where you're going after you die, after your, your retirement or whatever. You've got to have something ready for you when you leave this world because it's coming. So if you haven't yet put your trust in Christ, I'm going to invite you to come up here in the next few moments while we're singing. Meet with one of these folks who can help you make that commitment of your life that's going to change your eternal destiny. But I know there's going to be a couple more questions and I I believe God's going to say something like, what did you do with what I gave you? Have you been a good steward of what I entrusted to you? How are you going to answer that one? And then I think there's going to be at least a third question and here's, here's what it is. Who'd you bring? Who'd you bring with you? Is there going to be anybody in heaven because of you? Well, that's why we do what we do, isn't it? And so, as we stand and sing, I'm going to invite anybody who needs to come down and put their trust in Christ, repent of their sins, be baptized, to be forgiven, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you can know if this very night I'm cashing out, I know where I'm going. They're here to answer your questions, to pray with you, whatever you need. Come on down as we stand and sing.
1: The mm-hmm. Thank hey, you. Hey.
0: Yes. You know, I got to believe that so much of God's wealth is being wasted by Christians who act as if there is no mission, as if there is no day of accounting. And I get it. Investing in people is costly, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So let's win the lost at any cost. And what the work of the church is about is doing things of eternal value, because each week people are making decisions and their lives are being changed forever and that's because of your generosity but it's not only going to the work of this church but around the world we've been highlighting in this series our missions that we support as a church and the way that they're making disciples and changing whole communities and so I'm challenging and encouraging you today to participate in this celebration of generosity where every dollar given today and all week long is going to go to these outside mission organizations that are doing such good work none of what you give today or this week goes here at South Point this is our second Year of doing this, everything's going to go to support the work of these missions. And again, I'm asking and I'm talking to our church family here about generosity toward missions. We're not asking our guests to give anything at all, okay? Um, So, We break down our missions into three main categories. The first one, as you remember, is church planting. That's starting new churches in the Great Lakes region through New Churches of Christ Evangelism, and in Canada through Impact Canada. Last week, number two, we celebrated uh, those who who are, are of compassion outreach, the ones that are meeting physical and material needs in the name of Jesus with the hope of leading people to Jesus. We do that through the work of AIDS, International Disaster Emergency Services, and Go Impact 360. And then today we're looking at our global missions. That's where we uh, Are reaching people around the world by sending out ministers and missionaries. And so I'm going to tell you about three of those missions today. And the first one is Brad and Tammy Harvey. Uh, Brad is a language specialist who has spent over the last two decades in Central Africa. And his purpose is to put the Bible into the language of people who don't have a Bible or may not even have A written language don't even have an alphabet. Brad is trained to do that. His main area of work has been in Tanzania, just about 60 miles outside the capital city of Dar es Salaam. In fact, Brad was the very first mission We began supporting as a church uh, from day one, our first foreign mission. And his work is mainly among the Omoraz people of Tanzania, which is one of the largest tribes of about a million people, 95% Muslim. So it is a very dangerous kind of place where, you know, if you come to faith in Christ, you're not going to be very safe. So the the way that he gets the scriptures into the Omoraz language in their mother tongue enables them to understand the gospel so much more. Now, the Harveys have actually been here in the States for the past several months. You might remember they were with us back in June, but Brad is still traveling back to Africa. In fact, he's heading back there shortly with the Omaraz translation team to finish the final checks on the New Testament. And what's exciting is that they have been working on putting the Jesus film into the Omaraz language. That's the most effective tool to win people to Christ, all over, the most seen film all over the world. They're going to be finishing up that project this weekend. So pray that more Omaraz this year will come to know Christ than ever before. Because again, it's, it's very difficult when you know you're going to be threatened and persecuted even by your own family just for reading the Bible or for going to church. Now, we also support his house His House Christian Fellowship, which reaches out to Michigan college and university students on 12 campuses. You know, instead of like going to the world, the campuses, universities are where the world comes to us. And they've been very effective here in their 50th year of doing ministry, they, they have three goals. That's to win people to Jesus in the gospel. Number two is to build them up in their faith through uh, services and small groups and mission trips and retreats. And third is then to send them back out to impact other people for Jesus. So over the past year, a number of students have been baptized into Christ. But since 1969, over 4,000 students have accepted Christ and been baptized. And, and we have a part in that. So um, we're supporting that work on secular campuses. And then thirdly, we support the work of a Christian college, Great Lakes Christian University. Uh, Christian college is is one that is training leaders, servant leaders for the church and for the world, you know, investing in helping to train ministers and missionaries and other church workers at GLCC, which is a part of our fellowship of churches. You can go there and learn either on campus or online. You can study biblical studies or theology, uh, business management, ministry, education, music, counseling, all kinds of things. And by the way, your giving also helps support a reproduction scholarship right here at South Point that we invest in our own leaders who are. Uh, wanting higher education and conferences for ministry and leadership training so thank you for all that and consider what God is calling you to do how is God going to use you to change the world maybe he's calling you to go into missions or to go into ministry to, to yeah go off to Bible college And become a a full-time Christian worker. Or maybe just to stay right here and work your butt off so hard that you may as well call yourself a minister. You know that you're, you're impacting so many people right here at home. Maybe it's to go start a church in Canada. Or maybe it's to go translate the Bible into some unknown language right now. Or to go to Puerto Rico and help the people who are, you know, trying to rebuild their lives there. Or going to Romania this summer. I do know that God wants you to reach out to the people right around you right now. In your own network of relationships. So be rich toward God by investing in souls. You know what? We're in day 14 of our 21-day challenge to prioritize God. Here's the remaining challenges. We've got three more for this final week. Number one, memorize a Bible verse each week. All right, how'd you do last week? Did you memorize Matthew 25, 21? Well done, good and faithful servant. All right, well, this week, we already told you, it's gonna be Luke 16, Uh, 9. This is the words of Jesus, so I'm gonna start you out, and I just wanna hear everybody saying this verse out loud again. Here we go. I tell you. Luke 16, 9. All right. Got to get that tag in there at the end. All right. So you'll have that ready for next week. Number two, number is to pray daily. And to fast from something, all right? So so that will help you to focus a little bit more on prayer and and more spiritual important matters. Hope you're praying for our missions like the Harveys and GLCC and his house. And that you're, you're giving up something to sacrifice something during this time and again, this is not a legalistic requirement. This is just something between you and God. So whatever it is, it's, it, it will be a sacrifice to you and for however long you want to do it. You know, it could be skipping meals. And so maybe you'll skip three meals in a day or you'll skip one meal over three days or skip certain kinds of foods or coffee or soda, gaming, social media, TV, whatever it is so that you can focus more on prayer. And then third is to invest in missions for our celebration of generosity because you and I have the opportunity right now to do so much good in so many lives uh, but because every dollar given is going to help these mission organizations. Nothing given today goes here. Everything through Friday, online as well, if you give digitally. Maybe you're somebody who gives monthly, and so you'll give something in addition to your monthly gift today for missions, or you'll break up your monthly gift into a weekly gift today, and you'll just give that toward them and give more than you usually do. Penny and I, are, we're going to be giving more than we usually do for missions today, and I hope you'll join us in that. And so as we get ready to give, let's pray. All right, Father, we want to thank you for... Uh, this opportunity to, to make, make a difference in so many lives. I want to thank you for these people and their, their faith and their love and their hope and their generosity because, Father, we really do. We want to have a heart uh, for what matters to you, for, for, you know, you love people and we want to love them. They, they matter to you. We want them to matter to us and we want to partner in the greatest work in the world, the greatest cause of the world. And, Lord, it's so good to know that whatever we give you right now, you're going to multiply it, make it <laughs> way better than it, than it is right now and meet so many needs. And I want to thank you for these missions that we get to support, Lord. I want you to bless them with more resources, with more servants to carry out the great commission. And and Father, you blessed us in so many ways. Blessed us to be a blessing to others and to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. So we pray that in Christ's name, amen. And I want to conclude with my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes that you've heard before if you've been around here for a while, from an English, a wealthy Englishman who... Uh, sold his entire estate, gave away all of his inherited fortune, and went to China to serve Christ. And this is what he said motivated him to do that. Here it is. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last.